0: Hi, Bim. Welcome to our third anniversary episode. Thanks, Bim. So excited.
1: Congratulations. I can't, like, I, when you said third year the other day, I was like,
0: no way. Me too. No way it's been three I know. I, I kind of feel like it's because 2020 just doesn't count in my like you know i have the worst time scale already <laughs> i'm always like oh beam remember that time when i was in hong kong and she's like i was 6 so oh, no, like, i wasn't there. like it, i just have no you. time scale <laughs> 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 but adding to that the pandemic and lockdown 2020 just isn't in my brain so i was like oh it's our 2 year anniversary and then i was like hold on a minute
1: not just i don't know it's been 3 i don't know if it's just that it was 2020 i just feel like it's still so fresh And exciting that it doesn't feel like it's been three years. You know, normally after like three years or something, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of, you know, it's like drying out, I'm getting bored of it. But
0: this has been like, you're
1: (laughs) killing it still and it's still been really exciting.
0: Oh, that's really kind. And I know you're only saying that, Because you just joined the show. So you're like thinking it's fresh and cool because you're like, I'm a co host now. (laughs) No, I'm saying that. I'm listening to the invoice later. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, you guys know I was actually listening to last year's. Anniversary episode, and then the year before, just to kind of reflect on how I was feeling. And I say the same thing every time. Like, that is one thing that isn't fresh, is my same language, the same words to express just how grateful I am for this yearhood It has brought me so much joy. And I can safely say, honestly, through the pandemic in the last 18 months to two years in particular, having this is like a purpose and a reason to focus on joy and storytelling and all of the messages that you guys have sent back about the way that. You know, it's helped even really tiny moments of your kind of, you know, lockdown challenge has just, it just makes my heart so happy and I can't believe I've been able to do it. You've enabled me to keep doing it for three years. It's just so, so special.
1: Bim, do you remember the first before you started your podcast and I was like, Bim, just start it. Why do you keep waiting? I was like, <laughs> what was the point? I was like, dude, if I have to hear you, like, I'm R about this one more time. I'm literally just going to start it for you. And then, then you're like, I was like, just get, you know, one of your friends, do your first episode, get it out there. It doesn't have to be perfect. Anyway, I went to play basketball with Nick and I come back and Sarah's like, so you ready? I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're like, yeah, you said get a friend. And so I'm getting you. And I was like, wow, that backfired quickly. And then we like, sat in your <laughs> match your office and just did the first episode. No preparation or anything.
0: That's right. That's actually, this is so nice that we're doing this one together because you were there for the very first episode and and then have been on like, I mean, obviously you've joined as a co-host, but the fact that you were there for that very first one and like you've been th- here for the whole process of how nervous I was that day and then watching like us do a live show and then hit all these Oh my God, I forgot the
1: live shows.
0: I am so sad that we couldn't do this one as a live show. That's what I would have done, I think. They, I so
1: forgot there were live shows. Oh, my God. Live show.
0: One live show. There was meant to be
1: another one, no? It was meant to be like as in you were planning for another one?
0: Yeah. So we did the first one in December of 2019. Yeah, with Olivia Rogers. Yeah, which was absolutely incredible. And that sold out. Like I was like, I still, I mean, again, I've said this a million times, but I still forget people listen and I still forget that it's not just you and mum and Nick, like tuning in everywhere, even though Nick doesn't actually (laughs) listen. (laughs) But for to have like 350 people in a room who bought tickets to be there, it just went so well. And so I was like, oh, well, obviously we're going to do this every month or every quarter and then lockdown happened so we haven't been able to do another one wow, but we. maybe for our fourth anniversary we can organize something in person yeah what a
1: ride and then obviously your book came out as well as a as a, on the back of this oh that's on the back of everything i guess oh my gosh oh my gosh is that benoy i'm very sorry <laughs> i don't think she has any idea that we're having a chat
0: <laughs> i love you Oh, my God, she's so <laughs> sweet. She just brought me some okay, congee. Now, over okay, over come on, though. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best ever. That just made – that was the best third anniversary present you could have ever gotten. Oh, my there. God,
1: I was like – I love her so much. <laughs> she's so funny. She brought me
0: congee because i am a bit under the weather today. Congee. Oh, my gosh. So there yeah. are actually so many things that – being Asian but not growing up with Asian parents that I missed out on, I think congee is one of them.
1: Yeah, congee is like the cure to all sicknesses, honestly. It's like <laughs> I remember being on the ward and there was this Chinese couple and this older Chinese man was in and he had a pretty bad. It was kind of a stroke or a TIA but uh, his wife kept coming in and bringing congee and all the nurses were like, oh, my God, she just keeps coming in and bringing in this thing and keeps feeding him. And I was like, guys, it's congee it's pretty much gonna cure him and they're all like what are you talking about and I was like and then I realized how silly it sounded in a hospital environment but essentially like in all a lot of Asian cultures it is like the warming I think in Western culture it'd be the same as when everyone goes to like chicken soup as they're curing yeah chicken soup yeah Yeah. so it's like congee so she's made up some congee (laughs) love the (laughs) noise
0: I also love how every single episode has like a cultural lessons with Ange kind <laughs> yeah. of segment. I've got these noise cancelling
1: headphones I didn't even hear open the door. That's why when I saw her in the
0: screen, I was like, oh my God, a noise here. Yeah. I saw her just coming and I was like, oh my God, this is the best ever. I just adore her so much. Also, it's really exciting that we're recording today because we have obviously come out of lockdown or oh, lockdown has started easing, which is so exciting. And just a little gentle reminder to everyone else in Victoria. And I think also people in Sydney have and New South Wales have been through this quite recently as well, that... I really thought this weekend I would have rushed out to book dinners and get dressed up and go to bars. And and there's absolutely Bing. nothing wrong with that. Like if that's, When do you ever go to bars? Not that I did that before. When do you ever, but- <laughs> tell me the last time <laughs> you
1: actively decided you're going to go to a bar,
0: please? Oh, my God. It's like when people ever come from overseas, they're like, where should we go? And I'm like, I'm, I don't know things, so just Google it because <laughs> I don't go anywhere. But I did think that that would, you know, I'd really want to go out and about and I lo- I'm so excited Melbourne's opening back up and we have just so many incredible places. We have the most amazing culture and rooftops, spas and, you know, everything. But I really just didn't feel ready and I had these weird mixed emotions of absolute elation about our freedom and so much excitement but also like severe social yeah. anxiety about coming back out and, and just being so unpracticed at social interaction. Yeah. So instead of that... And and I just had, we haven't had, because we don't live within each other's bubbles, we haven't really had proper bimby time, as we call it, <laughs> in ages. So we went to Urban Surf for a surf and then took ourselves out to the and then we went to Bunnings together. It's like <laughs> Sorry, anyone who came after rest. us, there was nothing left. It was just like nosedive after
1: nosedive after like head dive after. I'm very
0: hydrated. I can tell you that though. I think that's why you have a cold because it was like two degrees and we decided let's. Yeah, and I drank raining. It's freezing. It's windy. That's why. Yeah, chlorine. (laughs) But it was just so nice to have one-on-one time, and I just thought it was you know something to remind the whole neighborhood of. That however gradually or however quickly you're going back out and either resuming normal or not resuming normal, or because normal may, you know, you might not resume anything. You might choose all new things to put back into your life. However, you're adjusting to this massive new change that should feel positive, but maybe doesn't. That's okay. Whatever you're feeling is all right. And today on the day that we're recording is also my second wedding anniversary and our second That we've been in different states for, so we haven't actually spent a wedding anniversary together, which also looks a little bit different to expected, so I'm spending it with you.
1: (laughs) I was going to say, I just want to preface that the wedding anniversary is not Sarah and I, although some people may believe it's actually Sarah and Nick just had to make that really clear <laughs> we're like, oh, Anne, yes thank you you are married. I'm like yeah no well kind of well, apparently we're sisters I mean, kind we're of we're married it's quite a and <laughs> sister's relationship if
0: so you know I said that at Urban Surf she's like so you know are you here there's someone else under the booking I was like yeah my sister's coming I was like it's, just yeah, it's so, so much too, too hard to describe <laughs> otherwise <laughs> anyway we had a lovely little day pottering and like so random to go surfing on the second day Urban Surf is open even though it's not that random but it kind of was because it was pouring rain, but just wanted to remind everyone, whatever you're going through right now, milestones will look different. All the things that you thought you'd rush back to, maybe you're not, or other things you have rushed back to that you didn't expect, whatever it is, be gentle on yourselves. Anyway, <laughs> the structure of this episode is a Q&A, <laughs> which took me 10 minutes to get to. <laughs> and I had this grand idea a couple of weeks ago that we would get you guys, because the whole part of an anniversary is celebrating the neighborhood, I thought I would get you guys to submit your voices so that we could have you asking some questions with your voices to be featured on the show, which is, was kind of my way of like mimicking a live event because we couldn't do that. Because if, if we had had a live event then we would have recorded your questions anyway, in person, whatever. Anyway, so Turns out maybe because we're all a little bit more socially anxious or because it just wasn't a good idea. I was like, yay, everyone submit your your voice messages. And then a grand total of zero came in in the first week. So I was like, so in the end, most people have submitted them as written, but we've got four really lovely, sweet voice recordings to spread out in amongst all the other questions. So it'll be a bit of a mix today, which is really cute. So to those four people, thank you so much for getting on board because hearing your voices, tell your story, it's just been yeah, absolutely delightful. But the first one was so interesting. Yeah, I was
1: going to say, me, your mum, Paul and your brother don't count as four people, just saying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Paul did try to submit a recording. I just didn't know. I couldn't, you know, without captions, he couldn't use the I was phone, like, how am I yeah. going to translate? and like, he, didn't have he doesn't know how to account. do Auslan. It was really hard. <laughs> he has an email account. <laughs> You know, it was just he just dexterity. (laughs) It just wasn't great. (laughs) Speaking of, also I wore this because I wore this. You know my favorite jumper, the Paul jumper from our wedding, the Paul jumper. I had um so many people ask about this jumper the other day as if they'd never seen it before. I was like, guys, I wear this. Every day, like it started as light gray. It's now dark gray because that's how often I wear it. But I thought I would wear it because so many people have asked about where it's from. It's from Sweater Club, which is an amazing small we business run by a friend of ours. We love Sweater Club. Go and check them out. This is from Print Your Pet. They've got like a print your pet. So mostly it's embroidery. And custom logos and all kinds of amazing merch. They do all the shameless charity merch. Uh, Colby is absolutely amazing, but they also print your pets onto a jumper and it's the greatest thing in the entire world. So just thought I would wear that. Anyway, got our first recording, which was emailed through to us from Daniela Kim. It was so sweet. I'm just going to play it so that you can all hear it. And it really got me thinking, I love these episodes because you always ask really interesting questions that I never stop and take a moment to think about. So here is the question.
1: Hi, Sarah and Ange. It's Danny here from Sydney. And I thought I'd ask you guys to do an on the spot acrostic poem using your names about what you have learned through 2020 and 2021. Thought it'd be a funny one to get you laughing, but also to simultaneously reflect and think about all the incredible personal growth that you guys may have had through this very difficult nearly two years of our lives. I love that one. Although I don't I feel like my vocabulary is good enough to be able to figure out that many words with specific first letters, but I think you should go first as <laughs> as a um, courteous best friend. I think you should go first.
0: <laughs> also, I was like Angelina is a really long name. It That's is a really long, long acrostic of, poem, and there's
1: also a lot of repeated <laughs> letters. Then, when I first, when you first said that, I, all I could think of with my with A was like a mess. But I was like, I don't think it Art it, mess. Yeah, art mess.
0: <laughs> well, okay. So maybe we do a letter at a time, like a letter each. Yeah, or okay. do we b- do both our names, like Sarah and Ange, mm. which doesn't have an E, everyone? Just making sure <laughs> everyone's. <okay. laughs> but we both answer for each letter. Why don't we do that? Sure. Okay. So clearly we haven't discussed this, guys. Yeah, so yeah, okay. So when no, but Daniella was like on the spot, we literally mean on the spot. Okay, so letter S. This is on the spot, okay. My first letter of the acrostic poem. This is going to take us so long. This is going to be such a long time. Oh, oh, my this. God. My <laughs> S would be slow, I think. Oh. I'm so glad S is the first letter, actually, yeah. because over the last two years, the biggest revelation, which I was kind of having anyway but just not executing very well, was just slowing down everything, work, rest, even play, like I was even doing rest on high speed. Like I was just trying to cram so much in and the speed of everything, but for no reason, like the deadlines were artificial. I was just putting all this pressure on myself. Like I literally the day I handed in my book manuscript, before it even was published, I was like, when do I do book two? And then how do I plan book three? Like I just was always so ahead of myself and really had gotten to the point where I actively remember the last week out of lockdown, we had 11 days in a row of events day and night, which was such a privilege and so exciting, but nobody has enough emotional energy to enjoy every single one of those. And I just, I think when you go too fast or you overload too much, you you can't possibly enjoy what you're doing because there's just too much of it. Like in that whole idea of you can have too much of a good thing, slowing down has meant I just have, you know, been reconnected with how beautiful gardening is and like plants, or how lovely walking is like, how you know, even running like, sometimes you can walk and not run, and that's okay. It's not a waste of not sweating and having, you know, like, yeah. or if you go for a walk that's 3K, not 8K, like, that's also fine. You know, I just everything was on steroids. So that slowness of reading again and not needing to take my phone to the toilet. And always be stimulated and having a bath, but without having to take a book and a movie and or whatever. You know, it's just been beautiful. Yeah, but
1: taking your phone to the toilet is a very important activity. It's I mean, so yeah, sweet. but
0: just slowing it down. Like, okay, this way overshare. But no. like, I would even rush my poos. Like, I'd just be like, you know, now I'm like, I'll have a good sit. I'll find some memes. You fold your I'll toilet paper. Pa- you scroll. do some origami with I the fold, toilet paper. I'll do some origami with my toilet paper. Always, always. Bit crane. Bit of a Love crane. It. Yep, bit of a, you know, those games where you, like, fold um, them. Chatterbox. Chatterbox games, yep. yep. I play the game with myself. On the toilet. But yep, great. at the start good, of good at the, start of the pandemic, I reckon I was, like, just rushing my poos. Like, I'd be like, I don't have time for this. Like, seriously, I need to get going. I wouldn't even take my phone because I'd be like, no, nah, I need to be in and out. No, you are quick. So slowing down nah. has been really nice. I'm so quick. I can attest to that. You are, like,
1: in, like, did you wee or did you poo? Do I know? <laughs> Do I know? <laughs> like,
0: just happened. Who could say? Uh, it's a mystery. Yeah. Did she just?
1: Did she? Did she even stand up? Not sure. <laughs> 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 do I use? Do I go
0: for S as well, or do I now go for? A? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, I think you go for S. Uh, yeah. I spent that whole
1: time half zoned in, half zoned out because I was trying to think of a letter, a so name. I mean, a word zoned with S, and I feel like this is a really high pressure environment. So all I could think of was. <laughs>
0: So really, I just said slow down. It's not high pressure. It's slow. Yeah. So no my, pressure. Yeah.
1: So my words that I thought of was so long.
0: <laughs> oh <my laughs> <Mailed God. it. laughs> Didn't you do English language? You're meant to be like really articulate. <laughs> What's so long? The whole like it lockdown, was so long. It
1: was so long. It just felt like as it's weird it went so quickly but it lasted for so long like on reflection the fact that we were in there for 260 odd days and that's in stage four lockdown is nuts the fact that two years ago at this time i was what was i doing i was like we were just about organizing our trip overseas and that was going to be our last trip for a very long time but the fact that judy's been here for a year almost two years and she was meant to be here for three months it's so mm. long. It's been a long, long so time. So long. So like, so I lock in my S letter as so
0: long. <laughs> You'd be uh, such I, a bad game show contestant. I know. I'd like an S please for <laughs> so long. Yeah. <laughs> Typhonated.
1: <laughs> <no>, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's been long but quick. It's been, there's some good things about lockdown, but the one thing is that there were always goals that we we're looking forward to like the end of it. And that, Mm. you know when you set goals and you look forward to things it it just goes by quicker but no it it has felt really long I think that's also why the adjustment back to normal life will be hard because I don't think people have realized it's been almost two years of this Mm. distancing and separation from people Mm. you love and just I'm lucky because I get to go to work every day and talk to people like I would normally, but people underestimate the strength of practising social skills and just talking to mm. people and hearing other people's stories mm. and hugging and all of that stuff, even things, simple things like ordering something from a cafe. The social interaction is really important, I think, for us as a society, and it has been really long, and that's all I can think of. It's just been
0: a long, long time. So long. So long. <laughs> so long. So long. <laughs> it's been so long. <laughs> I ha- We have so many A's to deal with, but I've actually got quite a few for A. I think okay. my first A is one of those really annoying words that we should make a drinking game over. Like it. It's not pivot, but it's similar. <laughs> it's similar. <laughs> it's uh, like agile or adaptable or ah, yeah. agility. Yeah. But it's such a buzzword now, but it's, epiphany. it's so. Ep- epiphany, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> it just so summarizes how I've. Again, like gone from planning everything and having really clear goals and really clear timelines for those goals, even being less planned than I was as a corporate in business, I still kind of had some structure of like the future and what I, you know, thought each month or each, even each quarter would look like. And I think the quote that I've loved so much and I've said it so many times is when nothing is certain, anything is possible. So even though it's been really tough and a lot of loss in people having to let go of how they thought things would look like. I also think clearing the slate has meant that because there are no plans, you can do anything and people have let go of like conventional tradition or whatever might have made them stick with one plan to the exclusion of anything else. This uncertainty has meant we can all just be anyone or do anything and that's so exciting. I think that that agility and just re-evaluating the plan every five days or every four days you know is like incredibly stressful but also really full of possibility
1: yeah i wish i could say another but i actually really like adaptable and i also realize there's many a's for us to get through so i'm going to stick with adaptable if i use all of my whole entire lexicon on a words but i think adaptable is good i think it's something we use in the hospital all the time because we're constantly mm pivoting or adapting to a new service or a new protocol like no kidding almost every week there's a new PPE protocol that somehow has to be communicated to the whole organization and then has to be reflective of DHHS and all these things and I think that's one thing that has shown to be really great about the whole of society and everyone everyone's been able to adapt to change really quickly and really well although it's kind of Mm -hmm. like we've been forced to do it but at the same time We've all coped really well. Like we've done two years of this, which is testament to our ability to be able to change and respond and be reactive as much as we can. I think this has been really hard Mm. to be proactive about because there's so much uncertainty. Because normally I'm like, yeah, I love being proactive, like, you know, organise things before the matter, you know, and get prepared and, you know. But this one you literally can't prepare for because nobody knows Mm. what's going to happen the next day. No one knows what strain's going to come. So everyone's been really great. I think it's been like seeing the cafes, for example, be really innovative on how to mm. be, like, be sustainable as a, a, as a business, to see how Zoom and online things have become a huge part of life and work and efficiency, to see. Yeah, it's been really cool. I think Adaptable is
0: a good one, good decision. So your answer was basically what she said. Well, pretty much, but you never (laughs) swear that Okay. R for me is relationships. I think it's been one of those times of really feeling the people that you miss when you don't get to see them all the time. And also maybe noticing the people that you don't, or the routines that you don't, but kind of getting a bit more clarity on which things you were doing out of habit. Or which relationships you were keeping out of habit and which ones really contribute so much to your joy and well-being that when you don't have them, you miss them. That's been really clarifying for me. It's also been really interesting to see how as you get older, I know this sounds so like, as you get older, uh, every decade, oh my God, like I'm such an old lady. But really, you don't need as many people as I thought I did when I was younger. I've had like a lot deeper friendships, but less of them. And I've really missed those, but those huge, big events, I really haven't missed those as much. But And finding new ways to foster those relationships without being able to see each other has been weird, hard, but also really fun, like Zoom trivia and us like doing, like we used to literally, you lived here for months and so much of our friendship is travel and spontaneity and we've had to like figure out ways to, you know, do fun stuff and, yeah, relationships I think has been a big area of change but growth. Okay,
1: so my uh word is similar to your adaptable word in that it's so cliche but is this it's just the right word for it? Are you ready? It's actually a good one this time, resilient. Okay. <laughs> oh, such a good one. I know. Cut deep. <laughs> Resilience, massive, huge. Like for us, like I said, you know, on the back of my slong, it's been a long ride and I respect so much all of the small businesses that have pushed through for this long. I could not imagine owning or running a physical store or cafe or restaurant. And, and every time we go into lockdown, my heart breaks for them, just because I think obviously we're all affected, but if you break it down, there's cafes and stuff had to figure out their food, like their food wastage. That's, that's stuff that's ordered weeks in advance. And, you know, if you get told the day of that the next day and you're on lockdown, what are you meant to do with all of that? Like, obviously, there's takeaway, but not not nearly to the same volume. Is there enough, enough orders to make it worthwhile and things like that? So all those little back-end things. And I think small business owners have been and show such huge resilience to keep going and to keep the businesses that they love and they're passionate about alive Even though for five out of six lockdowns, we were like, is there any light to the end of the tunnel? Like, is is, is this just going to be it for a very, very long time? So I think resilience Mm. in small businesses has been incredible. And then obviously resilience within my fellow healthcare workers to just keep going has been really admirable, I think. So that's my
0: word of choice. Oh, that's such a good one really love it bim okay we got another a oh my god there's so oh many god. a's i'm, bim, I'm actually
1: just gonna look this up we're starting with a really quickly there you go <laughs> my- <laughs> bim, bim, the they came up we're starting with a a bit daunting <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: my god it's Sorry. like <gasps> so slow yeah no, what is slow. It? so long so long <laughs> Do you know "schlong" means penis? I'm just checking that you know that because you keep saying it really loud. Team,
1: I did not know that. <laughs> oh my god!
0: What? I you. <laughs> Why do they call it "schlong"? Uh, I couldn't tell you to be honest. Okay, you do that while I, I, I just do a black. Like, I couldn't say. Long. Yeah. So my letter A is, hmm. Two this is kind of a double answer. They're kind of related. So acceptance and awareness. I've really learned to. You're really to, stealing all of
1: the letters words possible. (laughs) This Um, is why
0: I said I'd go first. (laughs) (laughs) So really accepting the things you can't change because I spend a lot of energy and worry on things that really, I actually have no control over. In which case it's like, if, you know, there are things you can change. So worry about those. You've only got a certain amount of emotional energy. So don't try it. Like if once you're in lockdown, there's really nothing you can do about it. As shit as it is, or as hard as it is, like the quickest thing you can do is just learn to accept it, but then be aware of how to adapt to it as quickly as you can. And then awareness comes into that because one of the things that comes with speed and and going too fast is that you don't have time to actually listen to what your body's saying or what your mind is saying. And I've been able to m- notice much more how and be more aware of like what does feel good and what doesn't. Like I, I've actually had time to f- to listen and like this weekend, you know, what feels good, be aware enough to know that you don't want to rush back out. You don't actually feel like doing that. So there's so many things I do out of habit or out of just because I think I should and I don't even check like do I actually want to do that or do I actually feel like that today? So being more aware and then accepting those like that state of affairs or state of emotions has been like a really big yeah, really big learning. And also that when you're emotionally just feeling crap or you're really anxious or just, you know, I would always push through before and now I've realised that's just so not productive, really unkind to yourself. Accepting that you feel like that and making a bit of space around it is so important.
1: Oh, that's a good one, Bim. Well, so you use adaptable a lot in that and just saying you, just reuse Yes, yeah. you so so you're, <laughs> you're fine, it's fine. I'm not, it's like I'm the English police or something, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> My one is, this is just a word that I think of when I think back about our lockdown time, probably like it's another hyphenated word, sorry, anxiety-filled, I think. <gasps> yes. I think we were in this like a tumultuous ride of just up and downness of you know, one week being, feeling really good about the prospect of things and then the next day being so anxious about what's going to come next and if we're ever going to survive or get through. And I think, yeah, it's probably driven a lot of people's anxiety. Like it's made it a lot worse for people that already suffer from pretty bad debilitating anxiety. And then I think for others as well, I think it's brought upon maybe a lot more anxious feelings. Like even, even I think out of lockdown, I knew a lot of people that were really anxious just to get out you know like the, the thought of it and the sound of it sounds really exciting but the actual execution of going out with a bunch of friends for drinks brings people a lot of anxiety to do mm. and like you and I as well you know like every second week or every third week your anxiety is kind of you know up and then down and then up and then down with it's re- and it's been really hard to find triggers and to stabilize it just because it's all the stuff that you would do to balance it out you can't mm. do like go see your friends or go travel or you go for a road trip and things like that, that we've found that really fills our soul, we couldn't do. Mm. So, yeah, I think it would be amiss for us to say that it was all smooth from a mental health standpoint, but I think anxiety is definitely something that all uh, I think about when I think about the last two years, a very anxiety field.
0: Yeah, totally. And I even last night we were meant to record this after our big day out and I just found it so So like it filled my cup so much to spend time together, but also because our threshold for energy is so much lower because we're not used to being out and about. Yeah, and I was really anxious last night, like just because I hadn't used that much energy in so long. Like even being at a cafe was kind of like, oh, my God, there's so many people around. So I think, yeah, being really gentle.
1: Do you know what, weirdly, I just, when I sat at the cafe, I was like, you know, I don't feel like a sense of, oh, we're at a cafe. I just kind of felt like it was normal. Me too, actually. I was like, it didn't feel like this big First time thing. at a cafe thing, but I don't know what it will take for me to be like, okay, this is something I haven't done for a long time.
0: I think Travel. for me it will be. I reckon an airport will be like, what the actual I'm fuck?
1: I'm dying
0: to go to an airport, even if it's just, <laughs> just, just like just to
1: just to stand there for an hour. I just I love airports,
0: <laughs> honestly. Just to look at the baggage claim going round and round and yeah, then and home. then and then just look at the board and then leave. Like, but, <laughs> do you
1: know what? <laughs> like, do you know what? the like the ooh moment where you like you you genuinely feel like it's like something's changed is when you can just walk into your friend's house oh yeah without being like is this lawful yeah i totally. just like love being at people's houses and my friend's houses and having dinner and making dinner and hanging out and watching tv and leaving
0: and whatever it is yeah yeah like home gatherings will be really lovely yeah okay sorry now so what, are, what are we at h H. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so my first one is hairy, and that needs no explanation, <laughs> but I feel like that's one that sums up a lot of our experiences. Yeah. But the other one is heroes, and particularly after our episode dedicated to the frontline workers and healthcare workers who have just been, oh my God, that little gift pack sending out like mail out thing we did was just filled my heart so much. The businesses that got on board, the ablehood members who sent packages to other people who had been nominated, like it was just so beautiful. And I'm sure that was less than 1% or 0.01% of the stories out there of people who have been absolute heroes through this entire time without complaining, without needing recognition, without... Any kind of profile to spread the word of how hard it's been, you know, the silent pandemic that's been faced by all the workers who have been keeping the system going, including yourself, I think Heroes is something that really sums up how people have shown up and exceeded all our expectations over the past little while.
1: Good one, Bam. Hero. Just like the word diligence. Mm. Perfect. Mm. (laughs) Okay, H for me. H is... Also, I, on the back of Hero, I think there's been a lot of, like, people that you wouldn't have automatically thought were heroes as heroes. You know what I mean? Yes. The people in healthcare. Like, it's a very, like, not heroic job, but it's, you kind of would fall into the category of, you know, being, like, a hero. Mm. But there's been so many other amazing people that have started initiatives that are so awesome throughout this whole lockdown, and there's a new appreciation with all types, Like, teachers, for example, always been awesome. Yeah. But, man oh, my goodness, teaching, like, students over Zoom for two years is nuts. Like, I don't know how. Can't even. Yeah. I I wouldn't be able to even start to be like, what would you do to, like, engage students, which is already an issue in a classroom, to keep people engaged, to have new kind of homework and new ways of teaching and digital and online, you know, marking papers and, like, not getting the physical submission. I don't I don't. But, yes, lots of new heroes. Anyway. (laughs) My word. First, I was going to say hemorrhoid, but I thought it was a bit inappropriate.
0: (laughs) So, on the topic of health and (laughs) just giving health advice for hemorrhoids, is is this your beauty channel? Do you have a cream to recommend? Vim. I'll tell you later. It's a little bit expensive. This should be behind your paywall. Oh,
1: God. Okay. So, for my first choice, is hemorrhoid. My second choice is kind of sounds a little bit like a bit silly but happy actually despite all of the sadness <gasps> yes. and mortality and the impact on small businesses and people's mental health and hospital and healthcare, and kind of everyone has been affected I still find like my personal experience has been largely happy mainly because I live mm. with my family which has been an absolute saving grace. Mm. I, and I realise that's a really lucky thing to have been able to do. I know that a lot of people's sadness came from not being with their family. So this is like a very personal thing that I've found that it has been a lot of happiness within our family. Like we've done a lot of games nights and a lot of karaoke, had Judy here, <laughs> which has been so nice, Been a lot of laughter. So I, yeah, honestly, I've been so, so, so lucky that coming home for me is a really happy environment so that's my H.
0: oh that's really lovely that's so nice bim i can't What's believe we it? have another a this is a bit of a disaster yeah so a for Ange, i think is animals because paul has been like oh, one yeah. of the aforementioned heroes of the pandemic. As you know, Nick's been away for so much of this time. And I guess the other A is alone, like spending so much time alone compared to how much time I don't usually spend alone, particularly in the first year of lockdown. We were like in each other's faces 24-7, which was also amazing. Like we, we don't sort of struggle with that kind of, you know, being around each other all the time. But it's also really good to have alone time, but also in moments of really high anxiety, I found just being with Paul, like, So lovely. He's just, they just bring so much joy. They're so happy to see you. Their worlds are very simple. Like if I'm about to have a panic attack, he'll come over before I know I'm going to have one. He's just been really, he loves Instagram. He loves making reels. He's (laughs) made a lot of people laugh, you know. (laughs) He loves his costumes. Like we have a cuddle every, like all day, every day. We cuddle all night. Like he's just, he's just the best. So animals, I think also realizing like, Yeah, they're just truly a man's best friend. Yeah. And animal videos have brought me so much joy also. Okay,
1: my A word, my first A word is obviously everyone's thinking about this one, antibodies. Obviously we're all all
0: thinking it. I saved it for you. I
1: know. (laughs) One of those cliche words, you know. How did you find lockdown antibodies? Antibodies,
0: always. 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 (laughs) No,
1: I think appreciative is probably the word
0: Appreciative. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah,
1: of just all that you have. Like I said, I think I've realized my privilege in this time to mm. have what I have and to have the job that I have and to continue work and go running with my friends still and live really close to work and my 5K was always really nice. So, yeah, really appreciative of all of that and the support that I've personally mm. received from my friends and
0: family. Oh, that's really lovely. I kind of need, I kind of don't have any N words, but then I just thought of one. (laughs) I really had to look it up. I was like, wow, I really have no vocabulary. Mm -hmm. I think my N is never. There are so many things I used to use the word never in relation to. And this past little while has really made me think like, that's just not a word. You just don't need to limit your opportunities or potential, or even things that you might want to do. Like I'd, I've always just said, oh, I would never do that or I'd never be interested, but I just don't really think you can say that and I think it limits you so much when you use that word. So the one of my big learnings coming out of it is like you don't need to say never about anything really because particularly making decisions before the pandemic about like, oh, I'd never want to go there or oh, like, you know, we'll never not be able to travel so we might as well do it now you know, well, maybe you might not be able to travel, so you should do it now, you know. I just think we bandy that word around a lot and I think it shapes your world more than you think it would.
1: Yeah, nice one.
0: Nice nice
1: My N is, again, something that I think everyone can agree with.
0: My N is
1: necrosis. <laughs> <laughs> when I think about lockdown, I think about necrosis all the time, but my actual N word is probably... Non negotiables have been very important. Ooh. I know. Non-negotiables. Double N. Five syllables. There you
0: go. Oh, yeah. Five. Yeah. Well done.
1: <laughs> yes, they have been very important in this lockdown life is to do all the things that make you happy every day without. So, you know, you were like, oh, I'm not going to bring my phone to my toilet or whatever. I was like, well, that's a non-negotiable <laughs> for me, so therefore I did not So it I'm just going to do it. Yeah, so little Aww, things like non-negotiables cute. is that I more often than not, would well, I used to do this routine where if I had the morning off, which has been a lot recently because I've been working shift work, I've walked to the local cafe and they've been really cute and they leave yesterday's paper for me to take and then I do the crosswords and read yesterday's paper. So like I walk in, get my same drink, get my paper, go home, start the day that way and that became almost mm-hmm. like a on the days that I, the mornings I had off a non-negotiable, just to set up my day. But things like checking on my friend each week or friends each week, going for the runs with my friends, regardless of weather, all that stuff, because I realised it made me really happy. Making sure that I rode my bike still and didn't get lazy to drive my car because there's free parking. Yeah, all of the non-negotiables have been really. Oh, important.
0: that's a really good one. Oh my god, we made it to our last letter. Okay, G for me, generosity. I think there's been so much generosity between people, but also a really lovely reminder. That's fine. That's a J. J. My bad. (laughs) It's got a silent Batman symbol at the start also. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's also been a really nice reminder to be more generous and to send little messages through the day or really small and gesture. (gasps) Small gestures, also a J, can be really They can make someone's day more than you ever know. And you don't need to do, you know, we haven't really been able to see each other or turn up at each other's houses, but you can make really small, generous gestures that, like a compliment or something that makes people's day really happy without much effort. That's been a really nice realization.
1: Nice. My G is gratitude or grateful, but that's kind of the same (gasps) as gratitude. Yeah. And that's appreciation. A gratitude journal both starting with j's (laughs) gratitude journal Journal. and then but secondary to my g's grandmas because they've just been oh
0: your grandmas your famous grandmas i know they don't need explanation but yes (laughs) lots of gratitude lots of grandma action oh they're the best i love them so much See we did earlier it. in this episode for reference. Okay, we made it through. Imagine if we'd done Angelina. I been know, like a good Lord. Episode. No, too many E's. <laughs> elephant. Too <laughs> elephant. <laughs> Every day. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I'm going Bim- to play the other voice ones because yes. cool, go for it. Um, otherwise we'll just forget what we're up to. So yeah. let me just do those first. Also because so sweet that they made the effort to send them. So I can't believe that took us 43 minutes. Wow. I also, every time I do one of these, I'm like, I'm going to just make it short and snappy and I just can't do that. That's just not in my blood. (laughs) Okay, here's another one. This is from Nikki.
1: Hey, Sarah. I've got two questions for the third anniversary podcast episode and also third anniversary. That's super exciting. My first question is about your dance days. I'd love to know more about your experience when you were dancing. How did you get into it? And What made you enjoy it so much and then also did you do any other sports as you were growing up and my second question i know you've done a bit of traveling in your life and hopefully traveling is coming back soon so i'd love to know are there any travel stories that you have that you might not have shared before and then also what are some tips you would have when traveling to really be able to connect with the culture thank you so much we're looking forward to the episode
0: Oh, thank you so much, Nikki. Great questions. I love when people ask really random ones. Dancing was amazing, such an amazing part of my life. I started when I was three, as like lots of little girls do, started just doing ballet and then very quickly after that added tap and jazz and contemporary and everything. And then, of course, being a hardcore A-type at five or six, I was like, I want to go pro, so then started taking it really seriously. (laughs) Started training with the Australian Ballet, the junior school, in primary school, I think, yeah, in like maybe grade four or five and then kept going all the way through until year 10 when you had to choose to go full-time and give up school or keep going. So it was like actually the major part of my younger life and the first career that I ever thought I would have. Loved it. It taught me so much about discipline. It gave me so many friendships, time management, having to put that in between school and just moving your body and creative expression. And I absolutely adored it so much so that I did everything like every kind of dance but it was mainly ballet with obviously with the Australian ballet oh you didn't do shuffling I That's didn't, you don't know I didn't do shuffling <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it, it taught me so many valuable things but I don't actually regret leaving it because mum just said please finish school you only got two years to go because you'll always have a backup whereas if you get injured you never know what could end like it's quite a tenuous career so I did that. It was very, very wonderful advice because by the time I did finish school, I'd realised, oh, wait, there's boys and parties and other things outside of ballet and also realised, you know, sometimes you do have to get really realistic about things to realise like it's a very, very small world. There aren't that many big companies in the world and I just wasn't good enough. Like I just was not. I was good but I wasn't going to be, you know, a prima ballerina. So it it really structured my younger years so beautifully But it was a chapter, you know, as I always say. And I did all sorts of other sports as well. I've always like loved netball and basketball, footy, cricket, like taekwondo. I kind of tried everything. And that's my favorite thing about school is that you don't have to be a pro at everything. You can just try everything. So I would say getting your kids involved in anything extracurricular really helps round them out as a person and give them so many, you know, and and you're the same. You did every sport, except we're actually really good at them all. (laughs) I think it's such a beautiful way to diversify your school experience. And then travel, I miss it so much. It's my favourite thing. I could talk about both of those things for like whole episodes, but there's not really many travel stories I haven't told because I overshare everything. Maybe one that I've only mentioned maybe once that was so random is when we were in Jordan. and also has a random trip to Jordan where she just like booked a ticket and then went there by herself. all my
1: week. trips <laughs> never planned.
0: I know, true. (laughs) Our weird one was we bought tickets to the World Cup match between Australia and I can't even remember who else was playing. But we ran into some random, we heard some Australian accent when we were in a crowd and it was this guy from like Ivanhoe, I think. Anyway, this random Melbourne suburb. And his cousin was related to the king or something. And so we got VVIP tickets to go into the king's box and watch it. Oh, my God. Very,
1: very important. Very, very.
0: And the ticket literally says VVIP. And he pulled us over, like pushed us up in this crowd of people. We crowd surfed like over the gate to get in. It was just like, you know, when you're traveling, just the most randomest shit happens. Yeah. That's one of the random ones. That's so awesome. So random.
1: That's so awesome. I can't wait to do the randomness again. I
0: know. And then one of the other ones we were in Tel Aviv in Israel and we're on the beach and there's this like paddle ball game that they play on the beach. I can't remember what it's called, but there was this random little old man who looked like a turtle who was so cute (laughs) (laughs) and he saw us watching and he's like, come to my house. So we walked like a block to his house and he had no bed but the entire house, like every room had those paddles like all over the walls and it was like this shrine to the sport with like newspaper articles from when it first started and we've got all these photos. Nick and I are like, how do we get out of here? Oh, my God. But it was so sweet but so weird. Anyway, we stayed there and he made us a cup of tea and we like, it was like he'd made this private museum to this game. Anyway, it was so cute. But just I love with travelling how you just meet so many random people and find out about so many random things and I would say best way to immerse yourself culturally there are so many different things you can do, but I would say learning how to say hello and goodbye, or thank you, like just a couple of words in the language, will open up. I think people when they, you show that you're making an effort, they get really excited, and then they're more likely to say, "Oh, you should go to see this place," or like I feel like that's a real way to connect with people in the beginning. You don't have to learn a whole language, but just saying a couple of words. Has opened up so many conversations for me that have ended up in random experiences and local hotspots that you never would have found out about. I think that's been yeah a really lovely thing in traveling and just yeah looking up things off the beaten track, not just the tourist traps.
1: The um thing <laughs> I used to do, which I like, I used to try to speak the language as much as I could. But I also realized that if you learn how are you, you probably should learn <laughs> a response also, because so many people I was like. How are
0: you? And they're like, Hello, how are you? How are you? <laughs> and I was like, Hello. And you're you're like, like salt you. and pepper. And that's all you can say in return. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Hello, bye. Exit,
1: entry, right. um, airport. Um my ball just quick just quickly, my ball way of um immersing yourself in the culture, oh. you know, is I couch surf. So if you're a bit of a oh, so gutsy traveller, I'd recommend Okay, surf. also, post next post.
0: one. Oh yeah, sorry.
1: Plus plus. Wait no, on the back of that, there's actually a question that came in from Jackie in our. Um, <gasps> oh my that was god, best that's trip so
0: hard. Taken uh, just sort of so many. It. I think one that just is such a highlight is was that Jordan trip. It's because I just finished uni. I finished in the middle of the year, and I didn't start my job until the start of the year after. So I actually had a glory six-month period of nothing, like no obligations, no responsibilities, no dates, no yeah, deadlines, no nothing, and I'd saved yeah. my whole uni for that trip knowing I would have like a, a graduation trip. We spent two nights in Dubai, then we went and did two weeks in Israel, a week in Jordan, a week in Turkey, and then six weeks in Italy, finishing in Malta, and it was massive and amazing and just so eye-opening I can't even explain it it was just so free also to be there without any studying or work to do like it was just such an unusual situation to be able to do that and squeeze it in but it just was so wonderful Mm. and I had planned all of the first part because particularly in the Middle East I would recommend tours you and I spoke about this the other day You, you get so much more out of the history and context if you have a guide whereas in Italy Nick wouldn't let us book anything and for me like not to book accommodation, I was like, we're going to be homeless on the street with all our bags and everything. And it was amazing. We just like <laughs> pulled in wherever we got up to. We got a car from Rome and we drove all the way down through Naples, through the Amalfi Coast and ended up in Sicily and just stopped wherever. And it was so liberating. It was the greatest. And also the Amalfi Coast is better than a postcard. It's like photos just don't do it justice. It was so amazing.
1: Yeah, we we love Jordan. We have I have this strange, if Jordan and Israel You both have this strange affinity to them
0: both. Anyway, so show us the next voice memo. Oh, yeah. Next voice memo is from Grab the Gals, which is a beautiful business that has been following for quite a while. They're market baskets and clutches. And oh, actually, that's so funny. One of the last photos from one of my show me a photo of trips down memory lane was Grab the Gals' number one place on their bucket list being the Amalfi Coast. How funny. Oh, cute. Yeah, so amazing. Okay. Hey, Sarah. It's Kathy from Grab the Girls. Just while I was listening to your podcast with Mark Champagne, I thought of a question for your third anniversary episode. And it is, where is the most amazing place in Australia or in the world that you would love to do a Seize the Yay podcast? Thank you. Ooh. That's very specific. Obviously the answer
1: is Frankston. <laughs> Prestonia.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Somewhere to do an episode. That's like quite a specific thing. Ooh. I think, and this is so random, this is where we're meant to go for our honeymoon, and I still think that we're gonna do it at some point, even though we've already been married for two years you in will. Egypt. And I would love to do a podcast episode there because can you imagine interviewing like the head of one of the museums or something like that to talk us through the way TA of like the pharaohs and how they built the pyramids and their things that we now like mankind can't replicate Petra or the pyramids or half the things in Jerusalem. Like there are so many parts of the world where older ancient civilizations could build things that we don't know how to build now without machines. Like that stuff blows my mind. Can you imagine sitting at like the base of a temple or the base of a pyramid and doing like a live episode? Oh, my
1: God. Yeah, that's sick. But imagine all the Egyptians that don't understand what the hell you're talking about.
0: You'll be like, you'll be like, oh, all the not happy, Egyptians, not the
1: same. Everyone, all together now, busy and happy, and not the same. We're
0: like, who is this chick?
1: Also, all the not
0: Egyptians because they wouldn't come to the event. That's (laughs) (laughs) fine. It'd just be me in the middle of the desert. (laughs) That's cool. That's awesome. That's a good one. Okay, and last voice memo before we move to the other questions, (laughs) which we've left like no time to do. (laughs) This is from Catherine McLean. Hi, Sarah. Um, Congratulations on reaching this milestone. I just wanted to let you know that some of my strongest memories of listening to the podcast is two years ago when I was walking around the streets in Chiang Mai, Thailand, listening to your upcoming wedding prep question and answer podcast. I really loved it and I can just hear your voice whenever I think back to that holiday. So I guess my question therefore is... Where, if you could travel anywhere in the world right now without COVID, without restrictions, where would you go first, and why? So many travel questions. Question. Yes, yeah, Estonia. Um, <laughs> thank yep. you, Catherine. Nothing makes me happier than hearing where you've listened and what kind of parts of your life, the the podcast has accompanied you on, like that just makes me so happy. So thank you so much for sharing. And I think I would still say Egypt. It's maybe not right now, like I think it will be quite hard to move around, but the first place on my bucket list, maybe not the first place I will go for practical reasons, but something I've just been aching in my soul to see is the pyramids and just... It's so steeped in history and I imagine the same affinity that you and I have for Israel and Jordan for that reason. Yeah. And how ingrained parts of our culture from now and parts of our scientific landscape come from those ancient times and how they could read the sun to tell the time and, like, those things just blow me away. I just find them so fascinating and I can't imagine what it would feel like to just be standing in Giza looking up at these mammoths. Really yeah. That's
1: the thing. That's the thing I felt with Petra, it was not just the story but everything. It was just huge. Like overwhelmingly huge and that's why I think it's really awesome. But since I've yeah. known you you've you've wanted to go to Egypt. So so like for like two whole days, two whole days
0: since you were born days basically. Days. <laughs> yeah, and I also mentioned. think that like yeah. the thing I love about travel the most is that it stretches your brain and the quote that I love is a mind stretched by new experiences can never go back to its old dimensions. So at the moment the travel I'm thirsty for wow. is travel that is so different to Australia and our culture and that stretches your brain yeah. so much. And I feel like Egypt is yeah. just that.
1: Yeah. Middle East. That's why I think why, that's why I think I love Middle East too. It was just such a different world. Yeah. Like-
0: and one more, one more, sorry, can I add, is also Korea, because <gasps> Nick has still not been and I want to take him to the orphanage where we were adopted from before we have kids, if we can. If we Korea. can get there yeah we have like, but to take okay. him to see the babies
1: so i have an affinity to like maybe it's not an affinity maybe it's just like a deep love for you know israel and jordan and stuff but man our family has like a proper like boom affinity like <laughs> antigen antibody <laughs> specific substrate affinity to korea to south korea we have been there multiple times we have K- Korean night nick loves K-pop as you do you because sarah has realized this lockdown that she's actually um it's a real shame Amber? that there
0: was no letter k or letter b in our names because that would have been a really big revelation i know <laughs> <laughs> <K-pop>. <laughs> <laughs> okay should we move
1: on to the original uh, questions
0: i love how it's 59 minutes in and we haven't done the original questions
1: i will try and be fast i know so i'm going to yeah and consolidate i'm going to moderate no you don't have to be too fast because some of them some of them still deserve you know your a full response but i think th- We'll start with a bit more oh, yeah. law days questions. There's two that's kind of looped in the same, a similar theme. So Bailey Jean underscore H asked advice to your 21 year old self and advice to a second year law student, which is kind of also mixed with EVK, which asks, do you ever miss practicing law slash being at KWM?
0: Oh, great questions. Okay. I don't ever really miss it in a regret kind of way. I don't miss the law as in I wish that I was back there now. I miss the real intellectual stimulation of some legal questions, like that really academic laboring over a a small question Mm. of language or something that will change the way that a whole statute is interpreted or something. I love that really nerdy stuff. I miss that because... My kind of creative work now doesn't have that same really academic element and I I do love that So, and I have no place for that. Like there's nothing in my life that allows me to do that right now, so I do miss that. But in terms of the career overall, I actually haven't missed it at all in the last kind of since I left. But that didn't mean that I didn't like it when I was there. So I think my advice to my 20-year-old self is every chapter of your life is going to look different In this day and age, the world moves so quickly that almost nothing is a forever choice. So just enjoy what you're in while you're in it. Equip yourself as best you can for what comes next, knowing that you won't know what that is. You may end up going into law and loving it. You may end up never using your law degree the way that you thought you would, but nothing will ever be a waste if you learn something from it. So even if you hate where you are and even if your main objective graduating law is to not go into it, that doesn't mean that it's not going to teach you things you need for whatever that next chapter is. And you just have to get comfortable with not knowing. I had no idea for the whole time I was at KWM that this would be what came next. And when I was in Matcha I still didn't know that CZA would be what came next. And I don't think anyone on CZA who's been a guest has known what was coming in the chapter after the one they were in. That's why it's so exciting. So I think let go of needing to know the next step equip yourself as best you can for whatever that may be and trust that everything will unravel the way that it's supposed to and some of those chapters won't be as comfortable as you might like them to but then the next one will be where that all becomes clear
1: and no one will look down on you if you
0: no. Become one. no absolutely and that's not. a big
1: thing with young people I think there's a like people my age or my friends have had that same kind of thought process of oh like what will people think of me if I don't become a lawyer and it's like somewhat like a subconscious ego thing to feel like you have to complete it. But I don't think anyone really, people probably think you're more courageous for changing than they would to finish and not want to do it.
0: And I have to be absolutely honest. I didn't really think about it at the time, but the more I overthink it, the more I realise that the prestige is something that's a very valid consideration and that is probably why my bio in Spoonful of Sarah still says lawyer turned entrepreneur because I, I need the lawyer title to be in there somewhere. But that doesn't mean that it forms part of my identity now, but it's definitely something I acknowledge is part of your identity in a way that you can find ways to keep that part of your story. You know, it can be in your bio. It can be in the way that you tell the story. It's not like you have to let go of that part of your identity forever. It's okay if you still need to hold on to some of it, mm-hmm. but... You don't need to stay Mm. like a quote that I've actually just put in the new flip book number three that's coming out that I love is you don't have to stick with a mistake simply because of the time you took to make it. So if it took you 25 years to realise that the pathway you're on is not the right one, that doesn't mean that you have to stick with it just to make the 25 years worth it. Like you can change your mind at any time and that doesn't mean, you know what I mean? Like once you realise something's not for you, the quicker you can move, the better.
1: Yeah, my brain is just... Absorbing.
0: It <laughs> it's it's, it's so crazy. long. So yeah, long. Sorry. So yes, great.
1: Awesome tips. And you don't miss it because you love your life that you're living now, which mm-hmm. is awesome. I've got three questions that are similar theme and they're about the podcast and your brand. So I'll start in chronological order in terms um the question is from underscore and I believe there's two underscores, but it's you know, I could be wrong. Underscore underscore studio dot e. Why did you start the podcast and what made you take the leap and actually start? I think we may have started on, on, at the start of this, but I guess – Holy, the whole picture thing. Why did you want to start
0: Yeah, I think I've yeah, spoken about this a couple of times. But the main reason was because, you know, I always say that your yay is a jigsaw puzzle and every experience is adding new pieces and getting rid of old ones that don't suit you anymore. And I'd made that massive jump from corporate to business and really was patting myself on the back that, yay, I'd made a forever decision, a forever move, and this is what I'm going to do forever. But about three or four years into match, I started to feel like there were gaps in the jigsaw puzzle and I thought, oh my God, I'm just an ungrateful millennial who's got a short attention span, like just stick with it. But then I realized, no, I'm I'm four years older with four years more experience and four years more of data to decide what suits me and what doesn't. And I had all male business partners, no room for the fluffy talk and also no room for the stuff that wasn't as acceptable when I first started. But increasingly, people wanted to hear about mental health breakdowns, burnout, comparison, self-doubt. And there was nowhere to put that. The business pages weren't the right place. So I wanted to have conversations with people in similar positions about stuff that everyone had an appetite to hear about for longer than an Instagram attention span, like an hour long conversation. And I didn't know anything about podcasts. Literally, I was like, BM, you listen to podcasts, how long are they, where do they live, what are they? Like I had no idea, but I just knew that's where conversations lived and so I bought the equipment and then literally as you heard at the start, I was like, so I've got a microphone, can we record today? And it just started that way <laughs> and it's continued to evolve as a form of expression and as a form of sort of spreading my values about and philosophies on finding happiness and joy and sharing that it's not, you know, life isn't linear and giving everyone permission to find their own path, like all that kind of thing. It's the best format and forum for me to I've been able to help others kind of, yeah, find their place in the world and share the stories that might inspire them so to do good. that.
1: And if you are, if the question's on the back of you thinking about doing one, as I did with Sarah, I think you should just go out and do it. You need someone to kick you up the butt to just to start it because that's the thing that was you were just delaying just the first episode. Like, what should I do? How should I do it? Do I do an intro, like mm. a five-minute one, being like, this is what the, the thing's going to be about? Do I do this? And I was like, I don't care. Nobody cares. Just do something. Like, no. And, and
0: What do I do with my rap? It, yeah. Like, how do I rap at the start? <laughs> <laughs> and then Eminem's like, ms unavailable. What do I do now? Uh, and, like, I can't do it in Egyptian, <laughs> so what am I going to do about that? <laughs>
1: but and the good thing about this is, like, if – it didn't work out. It wouldn't work out. It Doesn't matter. It's like it's 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 free to set up. You just mm. give it a shot, and and then you learn a lot of things from it. And then
0: yeah, and but look at you now, three years later. Totally, and that's, and that's like one of the things that is the main message of CCA. That like, what's the worst that could happen? I do one episode, I don't like podcasting or no one listens or it's not enjoyable or whatever. And then I just don't do another one. Like you look stupid for two seconds, but no one really notices anyway. And the most exciting thing about podcasting is it's so democratic. Mm. No one else sees your listens. And I also feel like if you get five listens of someone who listens for an hour, that's worth so many more than a like that takes half Mm. a second, not even. So if you change like one person's life, who cares if you have an audience of one or two? It really doesn't matter. The second question
1: is from Tom underscore Flex. Has there been a time where you were close to giving up on the
0: podcast after it had started? I actually got a bit triggered by that question when I first saw it because yes, earlier this year and I actually sat up in the middle of the night one night and was like, Nick, do you think like, should I just close the podcast? And he was like, what? What are you even talking about? Like they just came out of nowhere. But actually, I'd never had that with Matcha. I never really had it with anything else. I didn't have it with the book, but, and I haven't had it the whole journey, the whole way along. It's never been too hard or too much or too scary or whatever until this year where I was having just a really hard time with anxiety. Nick had been away. The kind of up and down of, you know, lockdown, in and out of lockdown had really been getting to me. I had committed to, adding a second episode and doing two episodes a week but then I'd been having set different second guests as well and the scheduling and the and I was still doing all the editing and and trying to do all my other work and filming twice a week for House of Wellness and I just literally like I said before you can have too much of a good thing I committed overcommitted and because I was tired and anxious I overthought everything so when one week I didn't get as many listens as the last week I was like oh it's failing it's on the way out or it's not as good as this one. Or, I, you know, I've been working on, which just came out today, I'd been working on the rebrand and like developing some new assets and I wasn't doing that fast enough and and I wasn't like settling on something I liked and everything just felt like, why am I even doing this? Like no one even listens, no one even likes it. And I just got in my head about everything that I talk about on the show, self-doubt over, overdoing it, overcommitting, and then ruining the joy of something, giving myself false deadlines. Like if, if you didn't get a years of our lives episode and you only got a second bonus one every fortnight, I don't think anyone would have noticed. No one even knew what time was during the lockdown, but I was so hard on myself about it that I just pushed myself too hard and then couldn't have any clarity or objectivity about it. And was just like, Am I failing? Like, I don't even know why I thought that, but I got so in my head about it and nearly shut it down because I just was like, I can't do a good job at this. I just, I don't know. I didn't feel like I was interviewing very well because I was tired all the time. And it was weird because looking back, it was like one of the best run of guests that I've had in ages. And I look back at those episodes and I love them all and I'm so proud of them. It's just interesting how much you get in your own head if you let it. So, yes, but I think those are also the moments that make you re your love for something and having those down moments also gives you fresh perspective to have better ideas next time. I just hadn't given myself enough distance from it, which is what I talk about all the time. I just wasn't, that- you know, practising what I preach at all.
1: This is how crap I am when Sarah was like, "And are you of to yes of Our Lives with me? And I was like, of course. What's that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> was so I was like, uh I started in February. Yeah, was like, it was nah, like I July. That. I was just like making sure you're not know, just testing you. So you know, I I would say, that, yes, you people would absolutely
1: probably not care if you didn't do one this week or next week. It's just like a bonus thing. Mm. It's also so enjoyable for you. So keep going.
0: But also that self doubt can hit you randomly, like for no real objective reason. I just got in my head that like I don't know. I didn't like it. It was crap. No one liked it. I don't know. I just got in such a weird place about it. But I think those are the moments that remind you that you really care about something.
1: Tom had a secondary question to that, which was on on the back of your rebrand. Where do you see the brand going in another three years' time?
0: Oh, well, I would come back to one of our letters. I think it was agility. Agility. And the idea that when nothing is certain, anything is possible. I actually have no plans. For the first time in years, I have not even a single plan about anything that's different. I, like, obviously, we've added a new episode. We've got a new tile and some new assets coming out. But I don't have a book too ready. I just have absolutely no idea what next year's going to bring. Because I think that letting go of those expectations and plans has meant I haven't been too disappointed. Everything that's happened this year has been a bonus because I've really accepted that we can't plan anything. And I think that's been a good kind of emotional management strategy to just be open to anything. So I actually have no idea. I'd be so excited to listen to this in three years' time when I know and be like, wow, I had no idea.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you should actually and see where you are. This is going to be the quick answer, okay? Yep. From Sharina underscore Marina. I love that.
0: Favourite guest? Oh, my God, that's really hard. This year, Hugh Van Kylenberg resilience project oh he's he's good amazing he's always good isn't he loved him so much yes okay
1: the next lot of questions are kind of about your perspective on things somewhat mental healthy but I'll group them
0: mm-hmm.
1: it probably kind of probably stems of this one your positivity and laughter is infectious how do you do it I mean keep
0: so cheerful and it's from Sarah Marcus oh that's really lovely I think because I actually don't expect myself to be like that all the time, and I definitely am not, and Ange can attest to that. <laughs> and the more patient you are with the periods where you're not like that, it allows me to really be positive and bubbly and excitable when I am like that. I think it just is all about finding your right balance of what allows you to feel the most bubbly and excitable when you need to, like when I do these recordings and when I get to do quote of the day and feeling really grateful to have those opportunities. And then in the moments where I'm not feeling so happy and positive, just honoring them and not trying to push past them or not trying to record on those days like I once would have and waiting until like, you know, you get that sparkle back. I think that's been the most important thing to not expect positive people to be positive all the time. That's not realistic or probably healthy either, but just, to pick your timing as well, like obviously, I wouldn't want to record something like this when I wasn't feeling super bubbly because it'd be so horrible for you guys to listen to. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, I think letting
1: yourself not be happy is how you stay happy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, this
1: one. Okay, you know when sometimes an L looks like a capital I? Really mm-hmm, can't. Mm-hmm. It's either Isalu or I'm gonna say it's i L O. I'm really sorry if I screwed that up. Just listen to this weekend's episode. What's your top tip
0: for coping with anxiety? Oh my gosh! I mean, I'm still working that out, but I think my biggest tip has been not trying to push through it and and really treating it the same way I would as a physical injury. My biggest breakthrough ever has been treating like has been equating it with if I had broken my leg right now and I was having a flare up of a sore leg, I wouldn't go and like try and run a marathon today. So if I'm having an anxiety day where it's flared up, why would I try and have the busiest work day I've had in weeks? But before I treated it as seriously as I would some kind of physical ailment, I would just try and ignore it. I'd be like, oh, pull yourself together. You know, this is a working day and I wouldn't give it the seriousness that it deserves, which would just make it worse. Because then the next day you haven't rested, you haven't, given yourself the space to feel through it and to let it pass. In fact, you've done everything to trigger it even further. So I think kind of aligning it in your head with what you would if you had a physical injury has helped me a lot to actually respond better rather than just ignore it or push through it and make space for it. Again, you would never, ever let someone talk you into but you should still walk today. You know, you should still go and go for a run. You'd just be like, no, it needs to heal. Whereas if someone's like, oh, but you're just a little bit anxious, you should still go and, you know, present to a group of 100 people. Why would you go, mm, mm. I probably should? You shouldn't. It's, all, it's also like an injury. It's a condition that affects your productivity, your, your everything. So treat it seriously. Pay really careful attention to what helps and what doesn't and try and act accordingly, and also accept that some days nothing will help. There are honestly days where nothing makes it feel better or go away. It's just time. But if you know that, then you don't add extra stress trying to heal it quickly. It's a really unpredictable fickle beast, but learning to kind of manage it and schedule around it has been enormously helpful.
1: I think you've spent years and years perfecting your strategies, so these are probably <laughs> very helpful. No, but I think it takes people ages, so you don't really know until you try it and, and multiple times and then you refine it. So, yeah, those tips have helped me personally as well. So uh, hopefully for you, my new friend, Lissaloo. <laughs> <laughs> or oh,
0: Isaloo. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I'm really sorry. Soul <laughs> oh. Home AUS.
0: Do you ever suffer from imposter syndrome? Oh, my gosh, all the time. All the time. And I think I've mentioned before that if I didn't, I don't think you should let it, you know, dictate your decisions or let it talk you out of things. You don't – imposter syndrome is not true. You just need to see it as a reflex. I actually sometimes welcome it because it means I haven't got complacent. I think it reminds me that I care about doing a good job. So if I get up at a speaking gig and I'm like, oh, you don't deserve to be here – you know, you have all the self-doubt, I'm going to be crap. No one thinks I'm interesting, blah, blah, blah. I don't think it's a bad thing to feel that. Like it's very normal and don't beat yourself up about it. Just go, okay, this is a reflex because I'm out of my comfort zone. In fact, it's it's a good sign that I'm doing something and I care about doing a good job. I don't just rock up here super comfortable, like I'm going to nail it. You know, it makes me think I care about it. So I think it's, again, something you just figure out what works for you, what doesn't. You practice, you surround yourself with friends who will help you through those moments. Don't worry if it never goes away because that actually just means you're leveling up all the time. But just learn to kind of acknowledge it and then push it away. So good, Ben. Okay, next question.
1: This is a fun, okay. These are fun ones now, by the way. This is from Risha Bagat. <laughs> yep. Did you do your own wedding hair and makeup? was very pretty and she's planning her own wedding at the minute.
0: Oh, thank you so much. I had so much fun today watching the video again and going through all the photos. I did not. I usually do all my hair and makeup for events, but I felt like on your wedding day, you really want, it was also more about the experience of just getting ready in the morning. And I had the most amazing hair and makeup artists around me. Organica Hair did all of our hair. Sarah, the owner, is one of the most amazing business women and friends and inspirations. She was such a joy to be around and her incredible team. And then Monica Gingold did my makeup. We did a few trials, but I've always loved her work. And her team from Tonic Agency did all our hair and makeup, including Ange. I made her wear hair and makeup, which was so Yeah, I loved it. (laughs) But just that process of getting ready, I loved it. I, it I could so have fun. done it by myself, but I think you feel much more special yeah. when you, you know, get already together.
1: Remember your mum and your aunties did it as well? <gasps> oh we were you god. I remember you were getting your hair done. And you were like, Ange, Ange, come here, take my phone, take photos of mum now. And I was there, like, She never her got face. her makeup done before. Not so even for cute. her own wedding. It was so so cute. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. It was the best day ever. Okay, Bim, you'll love this question because it's so random.
0: Oh my god, I was so like, Lozy MW. What do you think
1: Paul would look like if human? My dog would wear a monocle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my god, that's the best! <gasps> Where is he, Paul? What are you going to ask him? Hey, <laughs> I think he'd be like an old man. He'd be like a it? little old man. Yeah. I reckon he'd be like a little Scottish boy. Scottish boy, really? Yeah, no, I just feel like he'd be in like in a kilt. Oh my god, he would be in a kilt because he's got his little. Davidson Tartan tie. He's kind of funny. Like that. I actually don't know. He definitely wouldn't have a monocle. He'd be really needy. I think he'd be like a little boy clinging to his mum's leg and obviously he'd be like strawberry blonde, bit scruffy, big eyes, big eyelashes. I don't know. I can't imagine Paul as a human.
1: Now that I've thought of Paul as a Scottish boy, I can't unthink it, so I'm going to stick with that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or like a really cute. No, you know what? I kind of also feel like he'd be like Eddie Jaku. Oh, you yeah. know the guy who wrote the Happiest Man on Earth. Like, like that the... really warm smile, yeah. like really huggable. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I
1: love Paul so much. Oh, my God. Okay, another fun one. This is one Tom again. Tom on the Hey
0: Tom, legend. Would you ever get Paul a dog? Absolutely, I would get. <laughs> There's actually a meme about that. Like, it's not that I want a second dog. I just want to get my dog a dog. I would love to get Paul a little puppy. But you guys know he has a bathing, he has a really intense bathing schedule for all his other puppies. (laughs) I feel like it just, it would overwhelm him. I mean, he's got like 20. He has to give a full bath in a row every single night. It's like a full (laughs) ordeal. Bit, random one. Jackie M
1: L. favourite clothing and shoe brands.
0: Oh, my God, that is so hard. Oh, well, I mean, I've only been really wearing activewear for the last two years. So mm-hmm. Obviously, Nike. Shoes, I love my amazing friend Lana Wilkinson by Lana Wilkinson. Are the, pretty much the only heels I wear? They're so beautiful, so comfortable. They go with everything. You can wear them for a night out. These would be my favorite shoes. And favorite clothing brands. Oh my gosh, I love Mossman, is one of my favorites. Dish is a like really simple. Linen basics, really affordable. I love like a really classic wardrobe where everything can kind of go with each other. I love Aussie brands. Parduschar is a really cool Aussie brand that I wear a lot of clothes from. I kind of wear a lot of everything. I'm very random. I love Show to Joy. Beautiful dresses. I wear a lot of Show and Joy for Channel Seven. What else?
1: Well, that's what we got our dresses from.
0: Yeah, our bridesmaids' dresses. Our bridesmaids' dresses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I love, love them. I love them. Yeah. There's oh, so many I just like Can't even think right now Shopping is so far From my brain If anyone
1: wants mine They're quite bougie So no offence If you don't shop for them But I actually really Enjoy Tajay And Carme. Oh
0: <laughs> Karmay You <laughs> weirdo is <laughs> <Kame's> came up <laughs> Oh my god So good <laughs> I know what Carme is <laughs> Thanks I shop at Carme Also well, you I mean. love Kame. I'm <laughs> 24-hour car, mate, is like one of my (laughs) most on the bucket list for (laughs) post-lockdown.
1: Okay, so two last round of questions from my my best friend, Isalu Lissaloo. What is your spirit animal?
0: uh, Panda. Yes.
1: Chocolate or vanilla? Vanilla. Summer or Winter. Summer.
0: Just... Summer. Oh, so Sarah insane. cannot
1: stand the cold. Oh, my gosh. I no, cannot little... stand the cold. My kidneys I'm so bad. Get cold I can't even speak. Spring.
0: My kidneys get cold. I can't even speak when I'm cold. Like, I literally lose the ability to speak.
1: And Bim, that marks the end of the uh,
0: some of the questions. Oh, my God. They were really fun. Yeah, they were good mix, Also, right sorry, man? guys. I really rushed through them because I, like, just got too excited in the first half and talked too much.
1: <laughs> yeah, because our vocab sucks. So our acrostic problem took forever.
0: I know, but I love those. I love how when you get audience questions, they're always from such different topics and Mm. it's not just us like chatting about what are your reflections from the past three years. It's really nice to like, you know, have a think about what things I would prefer or who's been my favorite guest or yeah, it's just, it's been such an amazing ride. And as always guys, if you want anything new or different, it is all about the neighborhood, so please always just keep the communication channels open. We've got the Facebook group. It's, yeah, just I love kind of tweaking and improving every year to kind of, you know, suit what you guys want.
1: Awesome. Congratulations, Bim. I'm very proud of you.
0: Thanks, Bim. You've killed What a journey. I
1: know. And I just Aww, it's been I always forget joy. that you record, produce, edit, all of that on your own. I don't know how you do it. It takes a lot of time. People, that, people that don't realise it takes a lot of time because you've got to listen to the whole thing back and then yeah. and then listen to it back. So, you know what, kudos to you. And I can't wait to see oh, what the next thanks, Bim. three years or even the next three months look like for you because I'm very excited.
0: Thanks, Bim. And also I always forget to ask this because it's so freaking awkward, but if anyone has been enjoying the show over the last three years and feels like it's been – Uh, like brought some yay to their lives. If you wanted to give a third anniversary present, I would be so grateful if you guys would leave a little review for the show as well because they just like if you are in those moments where I was just having a really hard time in the self-doubt and stuff, like it's because I don't get to see the audience when I'm recording your messages of ways that it's helped you or what things that you've enjoyed even, or things that have made you laugh. Like I cannot say in those hours of going through and editing and like, I also want to present our guests in the best light. So choosing the best snippets and making sure they're happy with it and picking beautiful assets. Like what gets me really through that is hearing that it, it lands well with the neighborhood and does bring you yay. So if you do have a moment, it would be so appreciated if you would leave us a little review. We haven't hit a 1,000 yet, even though we've had millions of downloads, which is so weird. Wow.
1: I think um, yeah. I would
0: really, really love if you would take a moment.
1: Yeah, and guys, sometimes when I'm down, I read Sarah's reviews and it makes me happy. (laughs) um, Do it for the greater good. (laughs)
0: <laughs> do it for the great good but that's the weirdest thing like I forget I don't leave I like always you think of leaving reviews when you've had a bad experience no I love leaving
1: happy reviews but when I've had
0: a really good experience see I'm like I'll spread it far and wide word of mouth but I just forget yeah, yeah, and so yeah. every now and then I have a moment where I'm like, I'm gonna go and leave reviews for everyone, you know, every experience I've had that I really love. But you just forget so easily. So if anyone is listening and you've enjoyed the show, please, they make me so happy. That and then if you if you've written a review on the back of this podcast, can you please sneak in the word nuggets? <laughs> <laughs> I just Remember when know. you used to give me words? Yeah, when you used you to, to go give on me TV. words to like, mm, you had like, to you, like slip into I, TV
1: interviews. I made you and
0: Nick say discombobulated. And Nick full said it on TV. It was amazing. He said it on Sky News. He legitimately yeah. on Sky News said, we've been really discombobulated and oh, yeah. I was like, control your face because it was live. Oh, my God, it was the best ever. <laughs> All right, Bim, well, I can't believe I just made you record for an hour and a half. That's okay. I to my normal rambling. But um, thank you all for submitting your questions and I loved having voice recordings. I think that was so much fun. So if anyone wants to do that for any Yays of Our Lives episodes, if you've got a neighbourhood watch item you want to describe or something cute that you saw in the neighbourhood, always just email them to me. And I figured out if you DM voice memos, I figured out how to save them so I can add them to the episode. So anytime. Just get your voices on. It's easy. Yay, guys. I'm going to have to
1: stop her now. She's gone. She's getting delirious.
0: I know. I'm gone. I'm gone. Okay. I love you, everyone. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for hosting, Bim. It's been so much fun. Oh, you're absolutely welcome, Bim. Happy three years. Happy three years. Bye.